This is the Matt Townsend Show. I would suggest you forge more character. Your guide on the side. Uh, it's, it's these interruptions that are there to teach you the lessons we need to live. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. On BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to bring you some of Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. I want you to think back to January 1st of this year. Do you even remember what happened? Do you remember where you were, who you were with, or what you were even doing? For me, it seems like quite a while ago. I feel like so much has happened since then this year. And there have been a lot of amazing and happy events in my life this year. But I'm sure that if I really take time to think back and try to remember every day of the year... I'd find that there have been a lot of hard times too. And you and I have probably been wronged by someone nearly every day this year. I mean, if you think back as far as you can remember, deep into your childhood, a lot has happened since then, and you have been wronged by a lot of people since then. And all of these little wrongdoings, and then of course, those big major offenses in our lives, stick with us. And can cause a lot of stress and trauma to our bodies and our minds if we leave them unattended. So it's coming to a close of this year and I think that it would be a really good idea to detox our bodies and minds of all of this buried anger and frustration and animosity that we may be holding towards others. So today we are going to listen to an interview with Jim Dinkelsey about how to forgive others. Dr. Dinkelsey, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure to be on your show. I really appreciate your having me. You bet. And I appreciate the work you're doing on relationship. This is very important stuff, especially around Christmas. We want to have our hearts open for this time. Yeah, we not d- closed it, down and upset. And it seems like it's such it's it's a time of year when we're ripe for so many feelings of the past, isn't it? I mean, it seems like they all kind of come up about right now. Absolutely, and that we carry them all over through our childhood, you know, upsets with other relatives or just not being seen for who we really are now. And yeah. It just goes on and on, and this is a perfect time. This is the perfect season. People try to do Forgiveness Day, you know, at different times, but I think Christmas is the perfect forgiveness day. I agree. Now, tell me why you think that. I mean, here you are, a therapist that feels that way, but what, what's, what's your reasoning? What is it about Christmas that kind of sets the tone, the mood? Well, we're forced into this situation, as you just mentioned, and, uh, you know, of being with people we might not really want to be with. Right. And, and you have to deal with it because, you know, there's an expectation at least for one night or for one afternoon or sometimes for a whole week or a weekend, we're going to deal with it. Right. And you have to do it. You know, you're just, you're jammed into the, well, you don't have to do yeah. it. Everyone has the choice not to, but it, it just makes you and everyone else around you miserable. How did, how did I, you, how did you get into this topic, Jim? Because... I mean, to me, just as a person that also does a lot of coaching with couples and teaching people how to communicate, forgiveness is something that is about as universal to humanity as it comes. So how did you get so deep into this subject? Well, I I got there through uh, hitting rock bottom. 
I just didn't even want to live anymore. I was just so miserable. Uh, and I uh, realized that I needed to forgive. Actually, I was reading an inspirational book, and I'm like, yep, i got to forgive. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I hate to say it, but I had 30 pages of single-line item upsets. Hmm. So that's not paragraphs. Those are line items. 30 so pages. 30 pages. So you can understand why I hit rock bottom. Yeah, absolutely. And a process came to me, and I've been doing a lot of inner work for many years. And this process came to me, and I was able to come out the other side free, clear. I forgave everything. Because that's what I realized you had, that I had to do. Right. And that's what works with people. I just forgave it all. Processes came, you know, just to me. And I did it, and it was clean and clear, and I just felt the presence of God with me all the time for seven years. Well, and you think about that at Christmas, like what greater gift could you have than that clarity, that ability to let it go? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Well, and And it's— Christmas is—yeah. No, go ahead. That's a gift. That was a true gift you received. It was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. And then I went on to start teaching it, and but I found that the process that worked for me didn't work for others. They mm. didn't know what I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> what is workshop. he talking about? Yeah. So I had to start from square one. Okay, what, is it, what did the researchers find on forgiveness? Yeah, what is I some of that? that? What are they learning? I mean, it seems like if you can't get over something, it's got to, it seems like to me, as the lay thinker here, that it would just, it would keep repeating. It's like a, it's like a record that would just keep skipping. And if you're, if you're skipping, skipping, skipping on something painful, it seems like over time it would just beat you down emotionally, physically. Absolutely. And it'll beat everyone around you down, too, because you're affecting everyone around you. Right. So even though you want to be a loving parent or uh, you might not be because of all this junk that you're carrying with you. And when I found what the the researchers found um, are the falsehoods around forgiveness. And that's the first step they did. And I'll give, I, I call them the eight lies about forgiveness, because let's, let's yeah. call it the way it is. These yeah. are lies that people agree with, that socially we agree with, and therefore we don't forgive. Okay, this is good, because, uh, okay, I know somebody who was severely hurt emotionally by somebody. They did something horrible, and um, society would say, yeah, don't forgive that guy. He's a creep. You can't forgive him. But I sit there and I think about that, and okay, well, but this lady's being tormented by being unforgiving. Exactly. And and the, but the myth is what keeps us—like, when everyone else is saying, yeah, don't forgive them, I would never forgive that guy. Um, right. Let's get into those myths. What are the myths that—like, that soci- the, the social myths, the taboos that get us in trouble? Okay, uh, I, I did want to say one thing that I feel is the, probably the most important thing about forgiving, is that it's for you. Yeah. And that's the thing to remember, 
And one of the things that people confuse about forgiveness is reconciliation. Mm. I don't ever want to have anything to do with that person again. Well, I say that's fine, because yeah. reconciliation is building trust. Right. That person might never be trustworthy. So you forgive for yourself, and you set limits. And, and you can forgive, and it doesn't mean we reconcile. You can forgive, and it doesn't mean we stay married. You can forgive, and it doesn't mean we go back and hang out around the abusive person. Right. Yep. And get beaten again or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But you can clean yourself so that it's not affecting your future, your future relationships, your children, your jobs. Right. It just goes on and on when we carry all that junk. Because even if we suppress it uh, and put it out of our mind, it's not. If it's not forgiven, it's under the surface. It's subconscious, still affecting everything you do. Okay. Do okay. So that and we'll get we'll get to the eight myths. In fact, we'll do those after we take a break. But answer this then, because everyone always says, "No, no, no, no. We need to forgive and forget." No, 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 no. Uh, it's not built into the brain to forget. That's well, yeah, you're happens. not. Yeah, the minute you're forgetting, you've got other problems. Right. right. And that quote comes from the Bible where God forgets. Yeah. We are never asked to forget. Oh, interesting. I mean, yeah, some people do. Yeah. But it's really God forgets, but we, our brain is set up to not forget, to, so it protects us. Mm-hmm. That's so exactly forget right. And forget. You know, or or to do it for the other person. Those are nice things, but yeah. I don't find it realistic. Well, no, right. And I mean, in a way, if you're ever going to be selfish, maybe forgiveness for the self is the best time to be selfish. I'm going to exactly. forgive you so that I cannot carry this junk anymore, and that right. will eventually benefit you, I guess, because I won't be Absolutely. carrying. It'll benefit someone, but first of all, let's clean it up on ourselves because you'll actually be nicer to them, and things will happen differently then. Oh, I love it. Okay, Jim, we're going to come back. We're talking to Dr. Jim Dincalci, uh, the author of the book, How to Forgive When You Can't, The Breakthrough Guide to Free Your Heart and Your Mind. And again, you can go to you can go read about this. You can go to his website. He has some videos there you can watch. He really is extraordinary and knows what he's talking about. His website is howtoforgivewhenyoucant.com. How to Forgive When You Can't. And our goal of the show is let's get geared up to forgive each other um, before the holiday. Let's, let's have this be the season of the great gift of forgiveness for ourselves and uh, for others. And we're talking to Do- Dr. Jim Dincalci, who's walking us through how to do that. We'll be back with more ideas and tools on this right after this break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back. I'm Leanna Tan. This is The Matt Townsend Show. How can we enjoy this season if we are holding grudges against the people or circumstances that fill our lives? This Christmas, let's give ourselves the gift of forgiveness and free ourselves from the bondage of past pains. We're listening to an interview with Jim Down Kelsey about how we can forgive this Christmas season. He said that the process might be different for different people because everyone processes situations differently. 
but forgiveness doesn't need to be difficult. He said that contrary to what a lot of people think, forgiveness is actually for yourself, not for the other person. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same things, and that's one thing that holds a lot of people back from actually trying it. You can forgive someone without condoning their actions, and you can set limits with them so you aren't putting yourself in a position to be taken advantage of. But we all need to practice this act of forgiveness for ourselves because it's such an essential part of living healthy, happy lives. But I know it's a lot easier said than done. In this next segment, we are going to listen to Dr. Dan Kelsey go through some myths people have about forgiveness and why they think it's so hard. When it comes to, you were getting into a few of these, when it comes to forgiveness, we have some really weird like social lies or myths or taboos or something, I don't know what you call them, around forgiving someone, don't we? That's right. And and they really are very harmful. Forgiveness becomes a curse word, in fact, because there's a lot more about resentment and not much about forgiveness. In fact, psychology threw it away and said, well, it belongs to the churches, and psychology barely even mentioned forgiveness for for decades. Well, and it seems like what's what's healthier to your psyche than the ability to forgive? I agree. I mean, and it, it's like that's a major mistake. That's a major miss. Yeah. You know, and one of the things, like, uh, forgiveness is for the weak. Right. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just for the weak. Uh, well, if it's for the weak, how come it's so hard to do? That's exactly. That's a great point. And here's a quote by Martin Luther King, only the strong can forgive. And I agree with yeah. him totally because... I've watched people go through stuff and hold things for years and still try to work on it and can't let go of it. On their deathbed, they still can't let go of it. Yeah, it's so true. What's another myth? Uh, I don't have to forgive because I never want to see them again. Mm. Yeah, like as if if you... I was talking about that earlier, that forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is... Two parties coming together to reestablish a relationship. Mm-hmm. In fact, I do that in my workshops. I ask people to think of somebody that's offended them, that's hurt them, and uh, I have them start writing the story about what that person did that offended them. And then about five or ten minutes in there, I ask them to notice what they're feeling. And they they start noticing that they're angry and they're hurt and they're affected. So all the feelings come back. So it doesn't matter if I'm in proximity to you. I don't need to forgive you for to be close. I need to forgive you to be at peace. Right, right. And, you know, also on that, I do a thing. There's a letter process in the book where I have them write a letter of resentment. Don't send it. And then I ask for people to step in the other person's shoes yeah. and write a letter from their perspective. I love that. And it's very, very powerful, very powerful, because they start to see what else could be going on. Because unforgiveness is just a fixed view of what happened. Mm-hmm. You're not moving from that point. Yeah, it's not a— re- it's how it's... you feel. It's unchanging. So my effort is always to get a person to look at the situation or the person in a different way. It's humanizing, isn't it? Yes. 
So what we do, we, we, we'll look at them from our way and, and we'll demonize the person. It's always. Yeah. Well, I have 30 methods in the book on different ways to look at it differently hmm. to help on that. Boy, what I if, did yeah. want to say one thing. Please don't tell a person you've forgiven them unless you really want to cause trouble again. Yeah, I've forgiven you for being messed up. Right, exactly. Because, you know, they might have a completely different perspective, and you're the one who's supposed to be apologizing, not them. Isn't that interesting? And the offense is yours anyway, right? I mean, I'm the one that's offended. It's So it's my perspective, and it's my feelings, and it's my interpretation that's that's hurting here. Yep. And and you, you made a cool point that it's based on one data point, one view of the scenario. There's and you're saying there's potentially thirty other ways to look at it. That's right. That's well amazing. there's there's different methods you can use even if you still see it the same way. Right. You know, another big one that people really don't want to forgive around is if I forgive, I'll be condoning or justifying the offense. Right. Oh, that's true, huh? Yeah, but yeah. in actuality, when you condone, you agree with it. Yeah. You don't have to agree with it. You can forgive and set limits on bad behavior. Yeah. You can, you know, in a political situation, you can forgive an opponent that you completely disagree with, and you can vote against them, you can campaign against them, you can do anything that you feel is right, so you're not condoning, but you're also not hating the person. Right. Isn't it? Why? Now, why, why, Jim, have we so warped forgiveness? Because it's, it's, it's a funny thing. It's built into the brain to hold these things to protect ourselves. Right. But we actually have three brains. There's yeah. the reptilian brain, the emotional brain, and the neocortex that we use to figure out things to problem solve. The problem with the neocortex is that it was, it's the, er, the newest brain, and each brain is built on the other. Mm. So when you get into uh, really um, dangerous situations, the lower brain shut down the thinking so that you can run faster, run harder, or attack without trying to figure out, let's see, which sword shall yeah, I use? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, you know, now you're just doing it. It's an immediate fight or flight. That's the reactive brain. Exactly. And that resentment is there. Yeah. And it takes a higher mind. So forgiveness comes from the prefrontal lobes. We've done research on this. And that's the highest part of us. It's what makes us human. Hmm. And it it really does take analysis that the neocortex does and looking at it more deeply as opposed to just letting the emotions run wild. See, that's interesting. When they run wild, you could kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're trying to get to the other end of that. It's almost like that lower brain. The lower brain isn't designed for a long-term healthy relationship. Forgiveness is is a higher functioning purpose of us. Yes. But, but we'd have to function higher than the traditional dog that, you know, is reactive, fight or flight. That's right. Mm. That's right. Which is, and you know. And that's why it's so hard to forgive, because we we hold on to those yeah. upsets that they're in the past. Let them go. You bring that up on your 
in your relationship ebook. Yeah, right, right. You have to, right? You have to. Well, that's interesting. That's why you don't see a lot of reptiles forgiving people, do you? Because they're so reactive and caught up in that little reptilian brain of theirs. Yes. I love that. But in a way, they're able to, once you step out of their territory, everything is cool then. Yeah, you're no longer a threat. Right. But we hold on to it. Well, because we have have a memory, right? We have that, I guess we have, maybe it's the emotional memory now, right? We have the one that's, that's, that's shorted into our brain. Exactly. That's interesting. You know, and if a person is just too angry and hurt to forgive, you know, you have to realize that forgiveness has its timing. That's another lie. I'm just too angry right. or too hurt. But forgiveness has its timing. You know, the paradox on that is that forgiveness will heal the hurt and the anger. So just yeah. the attempt to do it, just the decision to try, I call it the forgiveness circle, that once you step in and say, okay, I'm going to do it, doesn't mean, you know, you've done it, but we have amazing inner help to assist us once we say, yes, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to try. The willingness is good enough to have a change. I you know, agree. A prayer, a prayer around that makes a big difference. Well, and it seems like providence or God or the whole just good karma vibe of life would love this to happen. Yes. If we would just let it go or, or, you know, and and recognize the pattern of this and recognize the benefit of trying it. Yeah. Well, Well, for me, I know that even one uh, held resentment changes my life radically. I don't enjoy it. I get upset more easily. And when I clean that one thing up, everything starts to flow better. Yeah. Do I always remember? No, but I, I'll reach a point where I'll go, God, I feel miserable. Yeah. What, you know, this is unforgiveness. And then I have to search and figure out, you know, which it is and clean it up. Well, and the interesting thing is the peace is in you. I mean, this is we we keep we always project it on everyone else, which I guess is so makes us so powerless. But the piece is in us to fix this, right? Or at least to initiate the pattern and the 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 process where you can heal internally and then probably get validation sometimes externally. Yeah, not always. Well, and I I believe it is our responsibility because that's what's in the Lord's prayer, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Which is, it's, which we all believe, you know, everyone's quoting that, but we struggle. That's right. Love that's it. right. Well, you know, and this is a new forgiveness. Research has only been around 20 years yeah. on all of this. So before that, we did have to forgive 40 times, you know, yeah. 70 times 7. Right. But that's different now because we have so many processes we know what the lies are. We know the brain mechanisms that prevent it. And we also know the defense mechanisms, the mental defense mechanisms and emotional ones that prevent forgiveness so we can get past them. Love it. Jim, we're going to take a break. We're talking to Dr. Jim Dinkalsi, uh, the author of the book, How to Forgive When You Can't, The Breakthrough Guide to Free Your Heart and Mind. We'll be back right here on The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.
Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Leanna Tan, and this is The Matt Townsend Show. I bet you can think of someone or some situation in your life right now that you have even a little bit of animosity towards. But if we know holding negativity towards others is not healthy, why is it so hard for us to forgive? In the last segment, Jim Din Kelsey said that it might be because we are built to hold on to these wrongdoings and remember them to be able to protect ourselves. But are we really protecting ourselves from getting hurt? Jim suggested that holding these grudges might actually be hurting us even more. He said that oftentimes we think that forgiveness is only for the weak people or that we don't have to forgive others because we don't ever want to see them again or interact with them. But that negativity can create a lot of trauma and stress inside of us and only we have the power to release it from ourselves. So how do we even begin the process then? How do we release these negative feelings and introduce positivity and love into our lives? Well, to finish off this interview, Jim will give us a few tips and wise words on how we can start this healing process. We've been talking to Dr. Jim, and now he's going to unleash the Kraken. I don't know if that's good or bad, Dr. Jim. You're going to teach us how to start the process, the skills, the process of forgiveness. How do we do that, Dr. Jim? Okay, well, there are a lot of uh, processes that we can do. Like I said, I've got about 30 of them in the book. But there are certain key ones. Yeah. Uh, And I think that what was really brought out is love. Love is the essential here. And to me, that's uh, sometimes a better process for us to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the presidential campaigns, I'd get really upset. Yeah. And uh, when I'd be aware of it, I would picture the person in front of me I was upset with and pretend they were my brother. It's easy for Christmas, you know? You can yeah. say, okay, this is my sister, my mother, or whatever. And then I would hug them as if they were my brother. Hmm. Not that I agreed with them, not that I condoned or any of that, but I would just hold them and say, okay. And I would have a loving feeling toward them. And that's forgiveness. That feeling. changing the perspective. Yeah. That feeling is the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So you can still disagree, you know, wouldn't vote for the person, whatever. Yeah. and wouldn't st- want to have them every day at home at my house, but I can still uh, extend love to them. So, if and- somebody's out there listening to this, doctor, that, what's so powerful? But what is the change? Um, is the change the hug, or is the change the perception that they're my brother? I think the the change is or both. stepping out of our fixed position. Mm. Yeah. We have, you know, this is the only perspective. Okay, love is something different. I think that's what unforgiveness is. In some way, we have broken our bond with this other person. Hmm. And this is important for family at Christmas, because we've broken the bond. Good, how do we fix it? And that's why also sometimes forgiveness comes spontaneously, because, okay, I've got to buy this gift. I'm going to give this gift, and then the heart opens. So right. when you're doing it, you can just do it 
like that. This is a forgiveness process. Here's a gift. I don't want to buy that for them, but but from another perspective, as my brother, mother, yeah. sister, in-law, okay, this is from the beneficence of my heart. I'm giving this gift. And it is a gift. Well, and it, and that's, you know, that's so fitting with Dickens' Christmas Carol, because the the uh, the ghosts of past, present, and future taking Scrooge back is what shifted his thinking. Yes. So it, it's it's a it's it's he it took him out of a fixed position of being the crotchety old business owner, and put him in a position of seeing it from other people's point of view. And you're saying if if for example you can perceive anybody that you see in the fixed position as an enemy. If you can perceive them as a brother and do something brotherly, like hug them, uh, and actually if you can wrap your head around that idea, it has the potential to create love, a feeling of peace, which you're saying is forgiveness. Yes. Anytime you shift out of that and love comes in, forgiveness has happened. Do you feel like – I've heard people talk about that our, our kind of our natural default is probably love. Until we corrupt it with just our other our other junk in our uh, reptilian brain. Well, that's that was my perspective when I did that thirty pages. Yeah. Now my the, uh, the important thing to do is to have a vision or and goal, something inspirational for to give you a reason for forgiving. I want to have peace in my family. I right. want to. I want my marriage to continue or, you know, to be better. Yeah. So have something inspirational. For me, it was to experience God as love because mm. I was, you know, not experiencing that at all, but it's always been something I wanted. Sure. Once I did that forgiveness, uh, then that was the natural state. It That's was good. there. It was, it was with me all the time. Hmm. And it was that natural state, as you said. Yeah, and it, you kind of default to it. Like, I see that a lot when couples are about to divorce and they're so angry with each other. And when they actually go through, sometimes even the process of divorcing shakes them so much that their perspective changes. And they yeah. realize, you know what? This is crazy time. I don't need it's to do true. this. That's powerful. It's, it's just opening up our mind to more information, isn't it? Yes. Uh, what's another I process that you teach? What's another of the 30 Ways. Well, uh, you know, this, this is the deepest one. This is the one that works for me, uh, where I just did it for hours and hours. And it's applying Jesus' statement from Matthew 7, 3, 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Mm. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is projection. This is one of the defense, major defense mechanisms we have. Oh, it's not me, it's them. Yeah. How do you stop that? Well, if we can see some way that it applies to us. I'm I'm old. I'm (laughs) older. You know, so I've had a lot of experience. And when I would say, okay, they did this to me. There's a little voice that said, Jim, you've done that. Yeah. Can you forgive them for something you've done? Sure, I can. Hmm. 
the harder thing was self-forgiveness, because that was the next statement. Now can you forgive yourself? Yeah, that's, that's always harder. That, why is that harder for us to kind of get over our, you know, stupid things? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but maybe it, that's it another. Really yeah, is. maybe that's a. Maybe again, that's our amygdala, our our reactive brain, not wanting to have us have a back door where people could sneak in. Yeah, it's true, but uh, I have found that you don't necessarily have to do self forgiveness first. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. How you know, forgive the other person cleans up. With, we're talking about like this ball of yarn, and you have to pull out one string and then another string and another string, yeah. and it finally starts loosening up to where you can forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a, the process that I have in the book is many pages. Do this. If this doesn't work, do that. Then do this, and then go back to your list and do the next thing. If that doesn't work, do this, you know, and, and I have all the processes wrapped up, so it's a big Thing. Huh. So we're just giving pieces right now. Right. Um, so this is intensive. With, pardon me? This is really intensive. You don't just, I mean, I guess there's sometimes you could just have a little shift and it's done, but there's some things that have been so entrenched in us and pain that was so profound. This could take a long time. It could, but it didn't take me a long time once I stepped into the process. That's powerful. That's, that's the power it, of the mind, huh? Exactly. You know, once you're there, once maybe you have to be on your knees like I was. Yeah. But then I had the processes. I knew what to do, and it really did go quite fast. Hmm. But then I was complete about it. I hit every single item, and the PTSD that I had for years was gone. It just went away. This several-hour process, and I had it for over 13 years. Isn't that amazing? And there's so many soldiers coming back with that. And there's so many uh, couples that are messed up because of that. And so many families that are being bogged down in these histories. And this yeah. is this is something that's all it's at our reach. And you know what? Honestly, it's a it's it's the greatest gift, literally. I mean, I agree. You know what I mean? I guess I agree. it's the peace. Um, yes. So Powerful. something that you can do, and this is this is on the web. This is not my process, but I found it to be effective. This is from Hawaii. It's called Self Identity Ho'oponopono. I lived in Hawaii for a little oh, while, so I'm familiar with it. And it's just a it's three four statements. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Hmm. Now you can put a person in front of yourself, or you can do it for yourself. I'm sorry for the things I've done that I've hurt myself from. Please forgive me, saying it to yourself. Thank you. I love you. Mm. I think it works really well with others. Um, You can, you know, try it with yourself. But if you're forgiving other people, it's like a muscle. You're forgiving yourself, too. Absolutely. The more you exercise it, the more you can do it. That almost just sounds like a prayer. You can even pretend to forgive. Yeah. I've had people just pretend, you know, don't do it. Just pretend you see this person and you've forgiven them. Uh-huh. And they're nice to you and you're nice to them. Just pretend isn't it that works. Well, yeah, your it mind's a very loyal thing, isn't it? So if you, yeah. even if you pretend the paradigm, 
you've got the new paradigm. That's right. And it does work. So just pretend yeah. that you're saying, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's powerful. Wow. I, I, you know what, Jim? I love having you on the show because you just get it. And to have somebody get something as critical as this, I mean, honestly, in all my work, I don't know that I know of anything more important than this. Really. I agree. That's why I keep plugging away. That's why I started the Forgiveness Foundation International. Or That's to, huge. To really get it across to people. And they can find out about this at the website, howtoforgivewhenyoucant.com. Right. And also, forgivenessfoundationinternational.org okay. or .com. That's a, a, it's a good resource. I have the blog there. You can also see the video on that, yeah. and you, there's more. There's information there that you can uh, get. You can also ask me questions. You know, send me an email. That's great, the blog. and you can give them some feedback, a little coaching on the over the internet. Yep. Good stuff. Now, yep. Jim, to wrap it up, and we only have about a minute. Um, tell us, tell us, tell us your your closing goodbye. For the person that's sitting out there that really right now you've kind of moved them, you've motivated them, they're almost ready to, to really be serious about going, on, going in and forgiving somebody. What would you tell that one person if you have one minute to talk to them? Okay. Forgiveness is not hard when you have all the information about it. That's why I wrote the book. I spent 10 years on it. Mm. And I want to give you the simplest forgiveness process. Just say, I forgive with heart and meaning over and over and with a gratitude statement. So you look at the person, you say, I forgive you. I forgive. I forgive. Even if you don't want to, yeah. if you want to at some level, just say that. And it gets you into the movement. It gets you into the willingness. And there's all sorts of help, mighty helpers there that'll assist us in the process. Yeah. I, I, I've seen that so many times. Just the statement, I forgive, is the simplest and yet very powerful. I love it. Good work, and Dr. I want to thank you thank very you. much for having me. I love your work that you're doing. Keep it up, and uh, we will for sure have you back on. You're our, you're our expert. We almost need you every family holiday. <laughs> okay. I, I'm happy to do it. I, Thanks, this is, Jim. This is my passion. I know. I can tell. I love it, and I love your work. Appreciate you, and God bless you. Have a good holiday season. And uh, for all of you out there, listen to Dr. Jim. Uh, it's easy to forgive when you know how. Go check out his website, uh, doctor at uh, howtoforgivewhenyoucant.com. Dr. Jim Dincalci, D-I-N-C-A-L-C-I. Really has a great spirit, as I think you can feel. And uh, remember, it is the gift. It's the gift that keeps giving, and it's the gift that finally aligns you probably to the truest uh, reason for the season we have at Christmas. So um, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to wrap up the show. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. We're back with the rest of today's Matt Townsend episode. 
We all have a little bit of baggage in our lives weighing us down, but there are too many things to live for and too many great things in life we don't want to miss out on, especially this holiday season. Don't miss out on the joy and memories and festivities and peace of the season because you're holding negativity towards someone and maybe this time of year brings up bad memories. Today's episode is focused on forgiveness so we can all relieve ourselves of past and present hurts and pains to be able to bask in the reason for the season. Jim taught us that forgiveness happens whenever we step out of our fixed positions and shift our perspectives to be filled with love. And he said that forgiveness doesn't have to be difficult. It might not come immediately. And it does take sincerity, gratitude, and love. But we all can do it. A lot of times I think that this animosity can well up unnecessarily. Sometimes we hold on to this hurt and the grudges that we have against others when really they had no intention of hurting us. Sometimes we choose to be offended or look at the negative side of things, which really is only harming ourselves. So to close off today's episode, I wanted to end with a coaching corner from Matt, where he teaches us how we can avoid these self-inflicted pitfalls and gives us a few tips on emotional management. He said, you know, a lot of our time management issues are emotional management issues. And then it just and it dawned on me because of what I do um, outside of the show. A lot of our relationship issues are emotional management issues. So think about this. When you think of your fight, the biggest argument you have with a friend, a family member, a neighbor, um, do you have – do you lose control? Do you feel rejected, dejected? Do you get angry? Do you feel hurt beyond measure? Do you get sick of it? You're tired. You're exhausted. You're worn out. A lot of this, if you notice – They're all emotions, and they're emotional reactions. They're emotional management um, issues. And as as I've been working with couples, I had a couple come in the other day, and basically the story goes like this. She – they were signing up. They went on a vacation to Hawaii, and while they were there, part of the deal was they had to go listen to a time – like a timeshare meeting (laughs) – Right. Where a timeshare is where you go own one, whatever, 40th of a condo in Hawaii and you put twenty thousand dollars down and then you get to go use it once every year or whatever. So a lot of these companies, you know, they've got great resorts all over the world and then you can go and and go to all of those great areas. So this couple is there just enjoying basking in the beautiful glow of Hawaii. And while they're signing up, it's a couple – the husband had been married before, so it's a second marriage for him. And, um, you know, they've had tension a long time. Uh, They've been married about two or three years, but it's been tense just because of, you know, trying to merge these new families and things. So as they're signing up for the timeshare, the husband is is entering their names uh, into like the register that they're there ready for their meeting. And he enters his name and then he puts his – ex-wife's name instead of his new wife's name. And she, you know, was paying attention and noticed that. Okay, so what we call that in my business, that's the stimulus right there, right? That is now 
that is the this is the moment where the cage fight begins. And the minute the name was down, she saw it and she had an immediate emotional reaction to it, which was kind of like, what? Prepare to die. And he he realized what he had done and he kind of froze. He hadn't looked at her, his wife yet, but he immediately had his own reaction like, ah, oh, geez, I'm dead. I'm dead. Hope she didn't see that. And then he crosses the name off and puts his wife's, his second wife's name on. Okay. But that moment created this situation that then eventually, because we didn't manage our emotions in that moment, it turned into about two or three days of not talking, one day of the man not even being allowed in the hotel room. So he slept on the beach like a vagrant. And uh, um, and they they fought and fought and fought and then actually made an appointment to come see me while they were still on their vacation, and then they got in. So when I say relationship issues are emotional management issues, that's exactly what I mean. She had an emotional reaction to what was going on. He had a reaction to what was going on. And because nobody could control the emotion, manage their own emotion, or lower their partner's emotion – it became an emotional, you know, roller coaster and quite honestly, an emotional explosion. So I wanted to take you through some tools and some ideas to help us all recognize that in our relationships, it's if you don't manage your own emotion, you're setting yourself up because the pain, no matter what, is going to be yours. Well, yeah, but if I make it painful enough for him, but if you're making it painful for your partner, you're the one that's still going to pay. Right. Because you have to maintain the pain in order to make it hurtful to another. So some rules, very basic rules. Rule number one, you are not your emotions because you feel angry doesn't mean you have to be angry. You can have a feeling as a human being and not ride it, you know, to death. You're not a dog. You don't have to just you, you can think through this. You can process it. Why would a loving, decent, great, amazing guy write down his ex-wife's name? Well, because he's thinking about her. Maybe. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just not thinking at all. Maybe he's going by habit. Maybe it has something to do with the mere fact that for, I don't know, how many years? Uh, eight, nine years, he was married to one woman. And he's instead got two hours with or two years with this other woman. Well, yeah, but he should remember me more, right? Well, maybe. But you're not your emotion. You don't have to just react. You also are an agent that can choose and be what you need to be in this moment. You're, remember, emotions are there to teach you. They're there to help you. They're there to guide you. The reason both people were freaking out was so that we would pay attention to the moment. It, we weren't, we didn't, the, the wife didn't need to freak out and the husband didn't need to fear because this was catastrophic. It didn't need to be catastrophic. It was just, oh, we need to pay attention to this. Emotions are there to make sure we pay attention. They're there to make sure we take advantage of the right opportunity to handle something. And so we could have just used the emotion as a tool to help us. But what ended up happening to this couple is they ended up blowing up. They hurt themselves. They hurt each other. And in the end, it was probably because of their insecurities. We've got to learn that if you have an emotional response to something, 
it's even if it's justified, I get it. You should be if you were in a car accident that a drunk driver caused and it hurt you, you should be emotional and you should be angry. I'm not saying don't be angry. I am saying however long you allow the emotion to manage you is how long you will suffer. So our goal would then be to find another emotion. And one of the things um, we talk about a lot on the show is, you know, find your your best self. So our lowest self will just take the emotion and run with it because we're afraid, we're hurt, we're worried, we're concerned. But our highest self um, will take us to another another level. This couple, when they finally got to my office, all I did eventually after talking to them is I showed them that they have many responses to this same situation. But I asked them very quite simply, um, if if all of a sudden one of you were sick, if one of you had cancer, would what would matter about this? And they're both like, well, nothing. Why wouldn't it matter if one of you if one of you really had cancer? And by the way, interestingly, one of them is sick, and it is scary. It's scary for them. The fear is the woman's afraid that she might. She might be more easily replaceable if she's not already making an imprint on this guy that he can't get the name right. But it was out of fear she responded. And then his fear about how she responds created an issue. But all of a sudden, if we could get present and be our best self, which we tend to be when someone's sick, we tend to be our best self when we are more in our highest values and our highest principles. Things tend to work better for us. So think about it. Think about your relationships. And don't just assume that your problems are your partner. They might very well just be your emotions and your emotional inability to manage those emotions. Emotional intelligence, as we wrap it up, is very basically just a few skills. Emotionally intelligent people recognize their own emotion and they know how to lower them and manage them and make them healthy. Emotionally intelligent people also know how to recognize the emotion of others and they know how to help those people lower their emotion. And emotionally intelligent people also know how to enroll people into their emotions and get people to buy into their good emotions. So if you are having relationship problems, can I suggest, especially if you can't, you seem like you can't get any progress going, don't maybe stop trying to work on your partner and instead just start learning some emotional intelligence skills. Let's not forget the reason for the season, everyone. Christmas is a celebration of Christ and the idea that we can rid ourselves of past hurts and past mistakes and we can renew ourselves to live in peace and harmony with others and within ourselves. Remember what Matt said, you are not your emotions. Emotional management and forgiveness doesn't mean suppressing your emotions. Allow yourself to feel, but don't let your emotions manage you. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. I hope we are all able to find our best selves this season and forgive those we need to forgive. I'm Leanna Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Join me again next time for another episode of Matt Townsend.